This is Shudders Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi and welcome to episode 523 of Shudders Inc. This is Bruce Williams from ShuddersIncPodcast.com and that there is Mr. Glenn Lavender from CreativePhotoWorkshops.com.au. Happy New Year, sir. You know, we stuffed up. We stuffed up. Do we? We recorded one episode of Germany last year. What? Well, it should, should have been 522. Should have been 522 at the beginning of 22. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's like you're not even thinking. <laughs> That's exactly I mean, what it's like. Do I have to come up with all the good ideas? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, and there it goes. I'm going to sit here and hold it. <laughs> It'll just be safe. Lo- loving in your new setup there, Bruce. It's working the treats. You know, you've got no sound and your video keeps falling over. Um, for, for all of the listeners, Glenn and I have always recorded as audio only. Uh, simply because I've never had a webcam. Uh, but I have recently mucked around with some software that has allowed me to use an old cell phone as a webcam. And uh, I had it set up on a El Cheapo Gorillapod knockoff that keeps on falling over <laughs> and dropping the camera. So now I'm holding my cell phone. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, so how was your Christmas and New Year? Oh, as much as you'd expect for 2022. By the way, just going to say, people, the addition of video... <laughs> Uh, may shorten may shorten the length of these episodes because if I've got to sit and look at Bruce's face <laughs> there you go you know I'm, all, I'm feeling a little, I'm just getting over COVID and I'm starting to feel a bit nauseous again so it's not not so good uh, look Christmas and New Year was uh, Christmas was yeah okay just family get togethers and then uh, my youngest my, sorry, my eldest went off to um, Jamboree a scout oh, Jamboree yeah. for 10 days which she had a ball, but uh, 30% of all troops um, had exposure to COVID, oh, so she brought that home. No. Uh, so so, so 4,000 people on site. Biggest biggest event in Australia, in, the public event in Australia in two years. So 1,300 of them and, got COVID. Uh, well, they got exposure to COVID. <laughs> right, at least, okay. You know? yeah. So, yeah, my daughter, we pick my, I, I go pick my daughter up, get home. Seconds after I get home, get a message from the scout troop, uh, Please check your. Uh, please get a, a test done and check your daughter. And of course, like everywhere else in the world, you can't get buddy yeah. tests. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, wow. It's uh, a, a right rule. F up. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's, there's no way. Uh, uh, you've got a choice. You can go try and line up in a queue for six hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but depending on the time of day, if you're there in time past like 11 a.m. in the morning, they're already full for the day. Yeah. So you can basically start for start queuing up for the next yeah. day or you can pay some stupid outrageous you know money grubbing price that people are trying to sell rats for yep. fortunately we had a couple in the house so that was lucky so uh, joy of joys she tested positive <laughs> you know so it was joyful it's like and the worst thing was my youngest daughter who's had almost nothing to be able to do this school holidays because of just the way yep. things have worked out she finally got a chance, her, her, her best friend, she'd been invited to her best friend's house to stay the night, and they were going to go to this big uh, light show, this big Christmas light show, or post-Christmas light show, uh, at this big water park. So she's oh, just been exploding. Yeah. She was going the next day, my daughter tests positive, she can't go. Oh, so she finally got something to do that's exciting for her, yeah. gets cancelled. <sighs> Uh, the next day, I wake up. That's uh, got a tiniest bit of a sore throat. Just a, just a little <laughs> bit of a. Didn't want to say anything because I just, I'll just see how the day progresses. And it didn't go away. And then I started to feel just a little hot. Uh, I was like, oh, 
here. So, uh, yeah, so I don't want to say anything. So we did the test because they had like we had like three rat tests in the house. Did a test, and uh, I'm just sitting in the lounge waiting for the result. And cat comes out crying, so I know straight away <laughs> what the result is. Yeah, you know? <laughs> just with my health issues the way they've been the last few months. Yeah, I think she thought COVID was going to push me over the edge, and that was going to be the end of it. Yeah, you know? right. Uh, so she, she she was pretty darn upset and sure that was the the end of the world as we know it. Yeah. And then I got progressively sicker, and I was really sick for three days. Like, yeah, you know, couldn't couldn't move off the couch for three days, kind of thing. Just utterly, utterly wiped out. Just feeling like absolute garbage. Yeah. And then slowly on the mend, and uh, yeah, okay. So yeah, yeah. Well, kind of glad to be over and as, done with. As you know, one of the few joys in my life is getting up to my mate's place. Dave's up in uh, Hazelbrook yeah. in the Blue Mountains to do some recording of music. And he he contacted me back in oh, probably November, and he said, mate, my cousin Chris is coming out from Canada in January. He said it'd be really good if we can all get together because he'd love to meet you. He's heard all about you know, the work that you do on my stuff and blah, blah, blah. So we'd organized all of this. And a couple of weeks ago, he, he gets in touch with me and he goes, mate, we're, we're going to knock out an entire album in the weekend that you're up here. And I went, awesome. We're doing 12 songs in two and a half days. And um, I said, yeah, sounds great. And I was due to go up there on the Friday. I think it was actually, I think it was last Friday. And on Tuesday of last week, he rings me and he goes, mate, Chris has just tested positive. I went, oh, you are kidding. And then 24 hours later, he goes, I'm positive. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. So didn't end up getting up there to record music at all. Never got to meet his cousin Chris while he was here in the country. So <laughs> it's just... That sucks. Just so a holiday for his cousin too, hey? Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, so... Um, that's, you've, got to, you've almost got to expect that if you're travelling, though. Yeah. You know, that if you haven't had it, you're yeah. probably going to get it. Uh, my mate Adam went off to uh, San Francisco for four days right. to see Metallica's 40th anniversary concerts. Okay. So when I think they were seeing two concerts. He goes, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to get it. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do, you know? Yep. So, but, yeah, massive anniversary tour, yeah. So he went off, came back. Bum, bum. Oh, yeah, but it was the guy he travelled with. He didn't get yeah. it, and he did. Yeah, just just gonna say. Then he gave it to his, his wife, and he gave it to one of his two kids. And like our household, his youngest kid didn't get yeah. it, and in this house, the youngest one didn't get yeah. it. So it's. And I hear that story so often. People who go, yeah. you know, I was a close contact with other people, and I didn't get it, or you know, someone who was close yeah. didn't, didn't get it. You know, it's just kind of weird. I kept getting my youngest trying to lick my forehead. <laughs> You come over and lick Dad's forehead, get you know, you know, I wanted to get it, you know. Just, yeah, get it over and done with, and we've all had it, bang, yeah. great, away we go, yeah. you know. Because then a couple, of days after, a couple of days after I got sick, then Kat, my wife, got oh, sick. Oh, right. And it turns out she may have had it beforehand and tested negative, but we think she might have been positive, and, and we think she might have given it to me. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah. Wow. But, uh, and I preferred that because I'd like to make you feel guilty. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it, it help, helps a healthy balance in the relationship if you can make them feel guilty. So right. yeah, so we've so th- three of the fours have been battling the joys, oh, and uh, so we're all now in the clear. And yep. it's now it's just a John run around and have a bit of a school holidays before. Yeah, they'll, then they've got um, this what Friday today, Monday work. They're back to school. Right. Yeah. So been a damn nothing school holidays. Great start to the uh, year. What you gonna do? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's been very very. It's been it's been on par with twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Yep. You know, uh, you know, and here I am, still still waiting to get to Western Australia so I can bury my dad who died in oh, August. Man. And now, Jeez. you know, just today, McGowan's come out and gone. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be opening up on February the fifth. Yeah, you know that you know that opening we're having. Yeah, yeah. It changed in mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've taken to you kind of think, taken to a, uh, referring to him as Mark. I sleep with the lights on, McGowan. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that a shadow? Is that a shadow? Yeah, this is delaying the inevitable. Yeah. So I just don't know, you know what the benefit in long term is going to be. You know, to try and, yeah, you can you can't isolate from a virus forever. No, and the ridiculous thing is they've only had like what 50 odd cases in the entire state and already their health system's overrun yeah. you know it's like how are you yeah, going to well, cope when it yeah. actually gets out of the you know and really starts spreading that's what they're worried about of course yeah, you know? yeah. maybe it's all the, the millions of expat um, geriatric poms they have over there <laughs> you know they yeah that's what they, it's, it's not so much that there's there's new illnesses knocking down the system it's just their aged population yeah yeah, yeah. But, uh, but look, we've had, we've had uh, underwater exploding volcanoes, yeah. uh, tsunamis. We're, we're only a week in, and, <laughs> uh, or two weeks in, and we're, we're yeah. yeah, off to a great start. But in, in good news, I bought a new TV. Oh, you got your TV. <laughs> I got my TV. <laughs> uh, well, when I say that, I ordered, but like everything else in this world, there's no supply. Yeah. So I'm well waiting, uh, and of course because I got I got um, a new TV, I decided I needed a new AV receiver. Right, of course for Dolby Atmos. So <laughs> you don't so, need Dolby so Atmos. And then and then because I, because my new receiver does Dolby Atmos, and I don't have enough speakers. I have to go buy some more speakers. <laughs> how's how's the um, this- how's the garden redevelopment coming along? Well, wait, we're just waiting for the guy to come and say, OK, I'm coming next week to start or whatever. So he said mid- mid-February. Right. So it's all booked. It's all ready to go. It's just a matter of when his <laughs> crew's ready to do the job. Yeah. I love it. Love it. He's going to make so much noise out there for the whole week doing the backyard. Yeah. I need a good, st- a good stereo sound Dolby Atmos to surrounding drown it sound out. to not be able to. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's my reasoning. Yeah. Yeah, oh, of fun. course, and then then uh, so I was so I, I, yeah I wanted to buy a, a dedicated Blu-ray player because right. I didn't have a Blu-ray player. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, all, all, all my all my Blu-rays I've been using my Xbox. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, but I wanted I wanted a 4K UHD Blu-ray player, so I started doing the research on that, and I pretty much settled my mind up and going right. And, and I was trying to say, look, you don't need a new Xbox because yeah. your Xbox works, yeah. but it doesn't do UHD play. So so I go right. So I'm just about to hit order hit. Order on the on the on the Blu-ray player. Yeah. Xbox dies. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Your Xbox yep. had FOMO. <laughs> oh God! So there's another piece of equipment that's going to be replaced. Um, hopefully this weekend. Uh, and then the dishwasher died. So what happened? Such a joyful start to the year, and there's nothing worse when everyone's feeling sick. Yeah, that you've got to go get up and do the dishes. Yeah, yeah you've actually got to manually do the dishes. It's yeah. like, oh, I just yeah. can't do the damn <laughs> stupid crap. Oh, that is just hilarious. So, in positive news, though, Bruce, yeah. COVID. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's, that's the only positive I've had so far this year. 
God. Let's talk some photography stuff, shall we? Why? So we can stop talking about Dude, what what have you got? Tell tell me, tell me, because I know know you've been doing some extensive research this last five or six weeks. I've I've done nothing. Yeah. As I said, yeah. Um, It's almost like we don't take this, this thing seriously. It's starting to look that way, isn't it? Yeah, um, but it's, got, it's, got, it's got that smell. Paul Sartner has sent us a few stories. and um, One was an F-stopper's story about what format of camera should you be shooting with. And part of the argument from the guy who wrote this, Ivor Rackham, was that you should look at things like micro four thirds. Ivor Biggin. Ivor Rackham. Yeah. Ivor Rackham. <laughs> that you should be looking at formats like micro four thirds or medium format because few people are using those formats and therefore that will, you know, inspire you to do new things. And Joe Edelman was mentioned in the article. And as Paul Sutton said, <clears throat> Joe actually replied, uh, by the way, if you can hear me with a bit of a froggy throat, it's because I had my booster shot yesterday. Uh. So anyway, so Joe came back. And I'm not going to read all of Joe's reply because it was quite lengthy, but there were a couple of bits that I wanted to cherry pick. Right, jo- Joe gave a, a long-winded reply to something. <laughs> Uh, His third paragraph, the initial suggestion that considering medium format or MFT, micro four thirds, for the reason that most people don't use them and that because of that you have the potential to expand your creativity and stand out from the crowd is, I'm sorry, Ivor, simply ridiculous. Uh, Later on in his response, he says, new gear can make your work easier. It can allow you to do things that you've not been able to do before, but it will never make your photography better. I assure you, in 50 years of shooting, I've yet to find the camera that improved my photography. I've just purchased a Sony A7R4A and several Sigma lenses, and I'll be using them in the studio. I am looking forward to sharing images shot on a full-frame 61-megapixel camera side-by-side with images shot on a 20-megapixel Micro Four Thirds camera with a sensor that hasn't been updated in years to show that the 61-megapixel camera is not going to make my images better. Only I can say that. And that is what I've been working on for 50 years. It's about the process, not the tools. Good tools make it easier, but not better. Because all good photography is problem solving. This is coming from someone. Who, yeah, it goes on and on. But anyway, I thought there was a, you know, it echoes a lot of the things that you've said, Glenn, about you know, it's not the tool; really? it's the tool behind the tool. Um, oh, it must must be very accurate then. <laughs> if it sounds like something I would have said, because uh, I mean, yeah, Joe's right. I mean, he's right. I mean, uh, it's a it's a argument at the best of times. <laughs> buy whatever makes you freaking happy. Buy what you can afford to buy. And shut the hell up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who gives a damn if you're using a bloody chisel and bloody piece of slate yeah. to do your art or do, using bloody a Leica M11? You yeah. know, it's if you can't use the tool, That's it doesn't it. matter what you got. Well, I know a guy, I've got a customer who comes to workshops who's got $50,000 worth of Leica gear. Couldn't take a photo to save his life. It doesn't matter what gear you've got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gear only matters if you're skilled. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and towards towards the end of Joe's reply, he said, look up names like Neil Leifer and Walter 
Ayus Jr. and understand that their images are on film without autofocus, many without motor drive, and none of them are retouched. One of the reasons they were so amazing at their craft, they didn't have the internet to distract them. Their love of photography never involved debating. It was about the doing. Just think of how amazing the images would be on social media if photographers actually took photographs passionately and stopped arguing over who knows best and what gear is better. <laughs> which, which, yeah. absolutely on point. Absolutely. I'm just looking through the comments here, and uh, you know, I'm going to need my, I'm going to need uh, pop, my popcorn for this oh, one. Yeah. And then the next person, you might want a raincoat because it's going to be raining. <laughs> you know. Actually, it's torrential at this point. But yes, I said some. Somebody says I was listening to a podcast, and some guy said, and "It's not us, obviously, because this is an intelligent comment." <laughs> they said that uh, if you can't produce good photos with the gear you've got, new gear is not going to help you. Yeah, and that's spot on. You exactly. Know? Um, exactly. Yeah, and I always say, yeah, one of the reasons I, I recommend Tamron so much is, yeah, the money you save. Yes. It's money that you have to afford to be able to go and do something with your photography. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. The new the new Nikon four hundred mil two point eight that's been released this week. Yeah. You know, there's going to be people who are going to go out there and buy that, but not be able to afford to do anything else. But they've got the yeah. lens, but they can't go anywhere interesting and take photos with it. Yeah. You know? And the thing is, for the money you drop on that on that one, you know, manufacturer branded lens, you could probably buy two lenses from Tamron for the same amount of money and you know, you've got so much more opportunity. And stick them together and you've got twice as good a lens. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's how it works, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, you know, there might not be a four hundred mil two point eight equivalent out there from any other brand. Sure. But I question the need I question the need for that lens necessarily. You know? Uh, yeah. uh, once again, if you've got all the money in the world, buy what makes you happy. It's not it's yeah. no issue, but yeah, if you if you save for ages to afford the piece of gear, and then have to start saving all over again to one day be able to go somewhere interesting to use it, to me that's yeah. kind of kind of yeah. Who's say you're going to be alive in that yeah, <laughs> by the time you can afford to go somewhere that's to use right. it? You know, exactly. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the what the value of doing articles like this is in this day and age. You know, why you should consider abandoning full frame? Yeah, I just and- I don't. It's don't. I don't yeah, know if it was all. Paul Sutton or somebody else, but I'm sure we had a, a comment from one of our listeners towards the end of last year, or, or it might have even been you, Glenn, I can't remember now, about who's actually going to go and spend their hard-earned money based on the opinion of somebody they don't know that, you know, they read a comment of on the internet. You, you know, that's not the way yeah. we operate as human beings. We're, we're going to do what we want to do with, in the end of it all anyway. We either research, research stuff, yeah. We either research or we lust buy. We buy based yep. on d- desire and, and want rather than need. Yep. You know. Uh, no, I, no, I'm, I'm glad I'm not guilty of that. I mean, I'd hate to just go and just buy stuff and then buy more stuff and then buy more stuff of the stuff that you bought. That'd be a terrible way to live. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> Do you know, I've noticed something about my How existing is that new TV. TV? <laughs> whilst, well, it hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> right. But I've, been, I've noticed something about my existing TV whilst waiting for the new one to yeah. arrive. Yeah. It's, really, it's really quite good. It's really quite good. And quite large. Cat is obviously not within earshot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, this, this, this new one better be damn, damn impressive looking, I tell you. Because it's like, yeah. oh. 
you, you, you need to make sure that when it arrives, she's not home, so you can set it up and get it set up so that you know you can at least have a look at it before she does. And then, yeah, and then if it, sure. if it doesn't look amazingly epic you need to then come up with some you know some marketing guff to convince her that it does look better absolutely oh no honey it's your eyes it's your eyes sweetheart can't you see how vibrant that looks look at the clarity there. what do you mean you can't see it and i'll have the girls wired up the girls will be on my side oh yes dad we can see it mum are you feeling okay have you got covid too yeah, that's two, the number two, then the next generation, you know. Since 2005, Shutters Inc. has been a labour of love. But beyond the time required to produce it, there is also a financial commitment. If you find value in the podcast and would like to help keep the servers running, hit up the Patreon link, which is in the show notes. Even a couple of dollars a month will help. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. Uh, the next story from uh, from Paul. I, I'm not even sure if I was going to cover this. It's basically another F Stoppers article, and it is a link to a YouTube video from a lady by the name of Chris Perea, and it's why you want to become a landscape photographer. And to be honest, I think it could apply to anything, like any genre of photography. And she's basically yeah. explaining in the video about how if you want to do photography as a professional you need so many more skills than just being able to take a great photograph that is the you know the the short version of the video uh i will put the link in the show notes for anyone that wants to go and read that one well that's it let's just discuss because i don't have to look at the article or watch the video okay why is it why is becoming a photographer so difficult because anything worth happens bloody gonna be tricky isn't it yes exactly worth having you know you can't stop to just fall in your lap. No. You know? No. And there's a million other people all want to do the same thing because they think it's about going out taking pretty pictures and then selling them for lots of money. Yeah. Yeah? That's the reality of what people think being a photographer is. Yeah. Why is it difficult? Because it's always been difficult. Yeah. It's never... Digital doesn't make it, hasn't made it any uh, any less difficult. No. Try to, be a, try to become a, a, a great photographer in the 70s. Yeah, it was just it, there was just less people doing it. There was less money around, but to to achieve any level of reasonable Success. quality yeah. in an art form, and also in the art form itself, you've got yeah. to reach a certain level of competence. Yeah, that's not about buying a better camera. Yeah, even if you bought a medium format, um, you know, it's 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 the same kind of thing. You know, it's yeah, exactly. It's, but uh, yeah, look, I, I say to anyone, forget forget these sort of articles as well. You know, if you want to be a photographer, go learn how to run a business. Yeah. Forget the forget all about photography altogether. Go and learn how to run a business first. Once you once you understand what it takes to run a business, then decide what kind of business you want to run. And if, if, if okay. be that still photography, then invest in your photography. But if you can't run a business first, you're going to go bankrupt, regardless of how good a photographer you are. Yeah, regardless of how many people want you to come and do their job. Because if you can't chase people up for money, if you can't invoice properly, if you can't pay taxes properly, if you don't know how to insure stuff, if you don't know all your, all your regular, regulatory stuff, then you're going to go out of business. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You want to be a good photographer? Be a good businessman first. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And the third one, this was an interesting one. This was on Petapixel, and it's a link to... a. It's like a web app. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah, 
the all that color grading. And and Paul said because I am lazy and this looks like it will recolor my images for me, I'm going to have a look. It's available here, dustfreesolutions.com, uh, and there's a bit more to the URL, but I'll put it in the show notes for anyone that wants to have a look. And essentially, what this does is allow you to take a source image and then another image which has a particular color palette to it that you like and it will apply the color palette from the second image to the first image your original you know the image that you wish to recolor now i've only mucked around with the samples that are on the on the actual web page itself it has a little drop down menu it certainly does a really good job of applying you know, the colour palette of the second image to the first image. I'm not sure how it does it, but, yeah, it's pretty clever. Oh, I see. Drag and drop to select a user image. Yeah, oh, okay, drop so you can drag your own boxes. image in. Right, okay, cool. Now I get it. Then generate, generate output image. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, gee, that made those kids go very orange. <laughs> it, 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 I'm sure, like anything to do with filters and that sort of stuff, on some images, it's going to look good. Yeah. On some images, it's going to look crap. Yeah. And you have the, if you have the right image, yeah. it, could do, it could work really well. Yeah. But it's basically just auto, auto color grading based on tone, tonal mapping of yeah, the, the colors in another image, effectively, isn't it? Yeah. Probably a lot like using a LUT, I would imagine. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But um, anyway. but the thing is, if you don't have, if you like, if you see an image on the interwebs that you like, and you don't have that particular tonal LUT available to you as a way of sort of yeah cheating i guess yeah yep. uh, yeah cool Good. interesting and then there was a oh sorry he had one more which was all about using your iphone to shoot underwater and paul's response to this was i've seen people do this in hamlin bay looking at the cool sea flap flaps i'm assuming he's referring to what are they? Manta rays, that sort of thing. Uh, and I'm absolutely yes. horrified at the potential risk they're taking. I've lots of dollars invested in underwater housings and also have a cheap sport camera mentioned by Panasonic. Olympus also make them, but that's not mentioned in the article. Best bet is to get the housing for your phone, or if you really must take it underwater, put it into a Ziploc bag. It's better than nothing, and the Ziploc bag will give you a false sense of security. Also, make <laughs> sure you rinse thoroughly with cool, fresh water. The salt will do... Yourself or the phone? <laughs> the phone. The salt will do even more damage, or salt from the pool if you don't get it all off. The phone is rated to 1.5 metres for 30 minutes. However, I bet that is static and dynamic pressure. Ask me how I know the difference and if I have the photos to prove it. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, I guess it's just a word of warning. Don't be too flippant with uh, dunking your cell phone underwater. And, yeah, definitely. I remember years and years and years and years and years and years and years ago, back in the days of film, right. um, people would bring their underwater cameras into the store and they'd complain because it's, it's broken. Uh, it doesn't work anymore, and we'd say, "Well, what happened?" He says, "Well, I was changing film, and all the water flooded in." <laughs> I say, "What do you mean? Because changing film underwater?" <laughs> really? Yeah, it'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> it'll do it. You take your your expensive underwater camera underwater, and then decide to change film. Ooh, no, that's, so, that's yeah, not and, work. That's not, and that happened on more than one occasion. Seriously? <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. Well, humans. Human stupidity knows no yeah. bounds, and it's, and it's also very consistent. Yeah. You know? uh, so, what's the story with Narbox? They're gone. What happened? Gone, gone, gone. They're 
kind of hard to know exactly. I've, I've reached out to the peeps I know, and uh, they're all gone from the company altogether, and they're not really wanting to say too much other than it was a total show at the end. Right. Uh, I, I would imagine it's... It, reading between the lines, looking at supply chain issues yeah. over the last 12 months yeah. and, and chip shortages, they simply haven't been able to supply a product. Right. And if you can't supply a product and that's the only thing you've got that makes you money and yep. you're a small company with reasonably large overheads, yep. it's all going to turn into a show. So all the people, so the, the original inventors and owners and stuff that I know, they all left in the 11th, uh, in the 5th of November last year. Oh, wow. Uh, and the in, the original investors who sort of backed the company to start, they've taken all the patents and all the all the stuff. Wow. And I mean, the website's gone. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it's all, all completely disappeared. So it, very, very upsetting. Unfortunately, it was such a great piece of equipment and I loved using it. Yeah. And I, I guess whilst, whilst ever the app still stays active on uh, and working, it, it's still going to be fine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, just very sad with such a cool product. But yeah. it's the way of the world. It's a, it's a hard world to, um, to in the IT industry, the computers, and especially niche products. Yeah. Everything costs a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they've gone. Yeah, and sadly, it is it is a device that only has one function. You know, albeit it does yeah. it very well, but it's it's a, it's a does one what function. It does very well, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a limited market, and uh, yeah, so they've gone unfortunately, and yeah, what you going to do? Yeah, endo the world. Yeah. Secondly. Yeah, my mate Scott Kivovitz. We need to get on the on the podcast. Okay, he works in, in, for a company called Imogen AI. Okay, uh, and these are a, a, a batch process online uh, artificial intelligence batch processing mob. Okay, um, so for like wedding photographers, event photographers, all this sort of stuff. And um, everything I'm seeing so far is looking really good. That yeah, you 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 basically develop your style, yeah, you know, your basic style. Um, uh, using their AI and tweaking and tweaking until it starts putting out output that roughly similar to what you would do yourself. And then basically up, batch upload, say, 5,000 photos from a wedding, and the wow. next day it's ready to download and they're all edited for you. Wow. You know? So it's, you can measure time-wise it's going to um, do huge work for most wedding photographers and event photographers. Yeah, right. Um, and then you'd go in and you'd, you'd, you'd work on your hero images yourself, obviously, yep. to, you know, to put your normal panache touches to stuff. But as far as the, the heavy lifting and getting everything done and sorted. But, yeah, so, yeah, it's just um, I've been, been watching it for the last couple of months, see, watching people's responses to how it's working. Then a, then a wedding photographer I know reached out the other day and said, oh, do you know anyone who does editing because I'm sick of this? I thought, bang, yeah, it's, yeah. it's leading us on. So um, we'll have to reach out and get them to come on. They can explain it in more detail. But if people yeah. out there who do events... Yeah, have a look into it. Imogen. So I'm just looking at AI. the website right now, and it's claiming one second average edit time per image yeah. and 10 million edits generated per month. So yeah. they've clearly got the horsepower to turn around some products. So, yeah. No, I think they're using computers. <laughs> no horses? <laughs> I don't think so. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I think. I think you'll find they've moved beyond that stage. It's, right. It's, it's, yeah. It's all yeah, donkey powered. Really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're making an ass of yourself. Yeah. So it, 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 it look. It looks to be. You know, good for. Yeah. All. All the basic tweak editing stuff you do. Yep. You know, contrast, brightness. Yep. You know, saturation, uh, sharpening, all that kind of stuff. 
seems to do quite quite a reasonable job of. And then you can go in and um, and and also it's, uh, so it's six cents per use. Okay. Five cents. It's a per photo for one to a thousand images uh, for color corrections. Uh, five cents. There we go. Right. It goes down as low as four thousand four cents, depending on how much you're uh, doing. So once again, if you're actually making a living out of photography, you're spending a hell of a lot more than four cents worth of time exactly on each image. I assure you. Yep. Yeah. Um, people are four cents, but I've got I've got four I've got a thousand images. That's you know, forty bucks or whatever it is. Yeah, you're going to spend a hell of a lot yeah. more than forty dollars worth of labour yeah. working those thousand images. Exactly. So, um, definitely, definitely worth looking into. Definitely. Uh, next thing I've got is um, seventeen forty nine, Bruce. Okay. And that's the 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 year of birth of the of the oldest known lady to have a photo taken. Yeah, we talked about this. The different lady. It is a different lady. She's got a hell of a face. Yeah. So yeah, so that's it. Within within a space of it, so I think the other one was. Um, Conrad Hayer, I think her name was the same, but uh, uh, so it's two ladies, both born in 1749, both happened to live to into the early hundreds, and ha- both happened to have their photos taken. Wow, uh, which is which is quite remarkable, you know. So her name's Auntie Moser, which is just a great name in yeah. itself, you know. But just 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 just, it just blows me away that yeah, you can see a, a photo sort of that was born in that era. Yeah, is is that's amazing? Uh, quite quite remarkable. And yeah. the last thing I've got is the most mind-blowing thing of all. Oh. Uh, it was on this peak. Have you seen it? No, I, I haven't seen this, but ever since you spoke about the James Webb Telescope at the end of last year, oh, yeah. I've been hearing more and more about it. I think, I think because they've deployed it and they've got the sun umbrella up and, you know, the things that I'm hearing about what this telescope is going to do is just mind-boggling. Yeah. So tell us Amazing, what's, what's the story. Yeah. Well, a, a, first up, the, the web actually it had like 380 parts that had to move perfectly wow. to allow it to open up. And if, it, if if one went faulty, the whole thing was gone. Right. So uh, so in, in of itself, a technological achievement. And they got this thing to a million miles out into space and it all opened up absolutely perfectly. Nice. Uh, I did see a very funny meme. Uh, of, of a, it's a blurry photo, the first photo from James Webb. It's blurry, and it's backwards writing. It says, removed before flight. <laughs> the lens cap, the lens cap on the, on the lens. This, this, this particular thing, though, is, is really quite mind-blowing. This guy has been do, was doing a time-lapse of a nebula in Orion, yeah. uh, in Orion's belt, and during the time-lapse, there's this tiny dot moving across the nebula, Right. And it's the James Webb Telescope wow. going out into space. Wow. But it's, it's in space. It's in who knows how far away from Earth. Yeah. There's this tiny little dot just making its way across. No, no, how you see a satellite moving? Yeah. It's like that moving across this this very tiny portion of the sky. It is utterly mind-blowing wow. feat of technology to have been able to shoot something. I don't know if he meant to do it. Because I just got blown away by looking at the um, yeah. the, the footage. Yeah, right. Uh, so you've got to go watch that. It, it is it is really quite epic. Yeah, I, I think it was on This Week in Tech they were talking about it and saying that, you know, because it is so much further out in space uh, than where yeah. the uh, Hubble telescope was positioned, because the Hubble was only, you know, 50 kilometres above the Earth's surface or something. It wasn't particularly yeah, yeah. high up, where this is no. a long way out. Uh, it puts it in much colder 
territory. Yeah. They're saying that the difference between in temperature on the surface of the telescope between the side that's getting the sun and the side that's in shadow is over 160 yeah. degrees, you know. So to, to think yeah. about engineering something that can withstand those kinds of temperature shifts is amazing to begin with. But then they were saying that because it's out in such cold space, it will be able to view parts of the cosmos that even Hubble wasn't able to resolve because of, you know, yeah. fluctuations in uh, the temperature of the space around it and all this kind of stuff. And oh, it was just, just phenomenal. The more I've heard it's about been it. mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're saying. We get blown away with what Hubble can do, and that's what, 30 years old now or something. Yes. You know? So imagine what this modern technology resolving power. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. going to be. Yeah, it's going to be something quite epic. Totally. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah, so hanging out for that. Mm. Yeah, well, at least something something good might happen this decade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but the thing that worries me is that the, the, the heat shields they use, there's like five layers of heat shields right. to protect the, right. the hot air side to the, the telescope, but they're as thin as, as aluminum foil. Wow. Aluminum foil. Wow. So you think like even a tiny little micro meteorite will go, just go straight through yep. it, you know? Yep. So you kind of hope it doesn't have a lot of debris out there because it's yeah. um, it'd be like the, um, the the explosion in the in the, in the French cheese factory. <laughs> yeah, all the all all that's left was debris. <laughs> boom boom. <laughs> boom boom. Uh, well, well mate, I'm gonna go have some breakfast. This has been a way too early a phone call for my life. Totally. Yeah. Good to talk to you. Happy New Year. You too, mate. Good to good to see you as well. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Yep. And uh, there'll be more punishment from us uh, as the year goes on. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Catch ya. Bye, all. You've been listening to Shutters Inc. For questions, comments, and feedback, email theboys at shuttersincpodcast.com. 